welcome to a novel console, a very special Patreon episode where we talk about games and stuff. This week, I have uh, honorary a novel console third member Thrak joining me to talk Gears of War four. We're back. This is like the third time we've done this. Yes, it is, and uh, it's probably going to go the same. We're going to talk about twenty minutes Gears of War and then the rest just nonsense. Oh boy! Oh boy! That episode with Burger Champ, that was almost two hours long. Like, I was editing it, and I'm like, why the fuck isn't this episode over? And then I scroll all the way to the end, and it's almost two hours. So I'm like, what the hell did we talk about for two hours? <laughs> see, see, everybody should have heard the conversation afterwards, because we just kept going. Yeah, we kept going. It, oh, man. That's what happens when the three of us get together and play games, too. Like, we finish playing, and we just sit there talking. Like... Last time we played together was like right after I got I got the Steam Deck and it was just you guys telling me what games to put on the Steam Deck oh, for like an hour after. And and you were like, dude, stop, stop telling me games. And we just kept going, oh, this game's really good. Oh, I remember playing this game. Like GBA, I think me and Burger went on for like at least 45 minutes about kick-ass GBA games. Oh, oh, hold up. I'm going to tell you right now how many gba games you guys made me put on this thing oh boy um yeah i have it right here because uh i, I played during work hours but you're not supposed to know that well, um, well you're okay. an it guy so it's part of the job isn't it that's true it's tinkering yeah so 103 games for the gba i actually i i think i own twice that like physicals over here in my my collection yeah, there's, there's a bunch of them that you told me about that I was like, I've played that, or I, it's not for me, but t a bunch of them I, I did put in. I, I put in, uh, what is it, Advanced Guardian Heroes, yeah. uh, Astro Boy, Banjo-Kazooie, um, the Batman games, Ooh. Boulder Dash, Breath Ooh. of Fire, Bubble Bubble, Crash, okay. Dead to Rights, Choo Choo Rockets, Charlotte's Web. That's the other It's day. not bad. It's not bad, is it? I don't know. One of my friends, uh, one of my wife's friends came over. Actually, Miss um, Manilow from Discord was hanging ah. out over here. And she like grabs it and she's like, Charlotte's Web? What the fuck is Charlotte's <laughs> Web? And I'm like, I don't know. Thrak told me to put it in there. Blame it on me. Um, Ghostbusters. Uh, what is this? Final Fight 1, Hamtaro, ooh, ooh. Iridian, Mr. Pants, it's uh, Mr. Justice Pants. League. Klonoa, Donkey, uh, Donk, not Donkey Kong, Kong, the Eighth Wonder of the World. Which uh, which uh, Justice League games you get? Because I think there's like three of them. I got the good ones, so Flash and the animated series one. Well, there were two animated a, series ones. There's, there's Chronicles a, and Injustice for All. Injustice for All. Yeah, actually, I had that game as a kid, and I think the copy I have is the same copy I had as a kid. I played the shit out of that game. Loved it to death. <laughs> I don't know if it's any good or not because uh, I'm actually having issues with my GBAs because for some reason the the two that I play on the R buttons are starting to go out. I don't know why, but I'm trying to fix them. Probably just probably just gunk under them. See, I open. Um, I don't know. I'll figure it out. See, there, there's just one last thing that I need um, on the Steam Deck, and it's um, to put AM2R on it. Yes. So that I can record footage once I get the, the dock. But putting AM2R on it is a pain in the ass. It's like a 10-minute process of downloading shit and installing shit and making separate files 
just to get it to run. I'm like, I don't want to play it that bad. I'll just can you just install it on desktop it mode? instead of making a video? Can you just use desktop mode? You yes. So you have to do everything through desktop mode so that it shows up on Steam Deck. Okay. And you can play it through desktop mode, but the desk you would have to like put mouse and keyboard and uh, the built-in digital mouse and keyboard for it is serviceable, but it takes up most of the screen, so it's you know it's not even worth it. Fuck that. Because uh, I, I wanted to play. Yeah, because I wanted to play um, Samus Returns. Yes. But getting a modded 3DS is like $2,000 just so that you can get it to play and output video. So, fuck that. <laughs> I'm the, not doing that. The price comes from the fact that they used to make capture cards that they installed directly into the 3DS, and then you yes. have the thing. Because, as I've tried to tell you, you can mod a 3DS in like 10 minutes for free. It's the easiest thing in the world i promise you like when people were memeing you can mod a 3ds it's so easy i promise you it's easy i can send you a youtube video that's like 15 minutes and it's like here's what you do you follow along it's perfect dumbass like me can do it you can do it i promise well we'll we'll see because uh i do have the galaxy 3ds laying around so i might i might do it because uh the the alternative is to like put the 3ds on a stand, set a camera on it, and then modify that on OBS so that you only get the two screens, and it's just a pain in the ass, and I don't want to deal with that shit. Can you do 3ds emulation on the Steam Deck? Yes, you can. I haven't tried it because Vim's doesn't have any 3ds uh, ROMs. Yeah, and I haven't downloaded any DS ones because the DS games that I want to play I already own. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. All right. So back back Gears to the topic of War at hand. Four. <laughs> yes. Gears of Wars four. Um it it is a 2016 first person shooter video game developed by the coalition and published by Microsoft Studios for Windows and Xbox One. It is the fourth main installment in the Gears of War series and the first mainline entry not to be developed by Epic Games. The game was released worldwide on October 11, 2016, and it has a sequel called Just Plain Ass Gears 5. I hate to correct you, but um, it is a third person shooter. You said first person shooter. Oh, my bad. I, I missed. I. Um, what's it called? I uh, dyslexia the fuck out of that. It's okay, sentence, baby. Because it does say third person. Um, so this game should have the subtitle of um, JD is not good enough, <laughs> or or JD Mark or, or what, Marcus oh, is disappointed. Or, um, oh, what was the subtitle? Of the first Uncharted Drake's fortune. This is like JD's misfortune. <laughs> no, Marcus is mis- misfortune. <laughs> Marcus hates his son. Gears of War four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gear, Gears, Gears four. This is quite the interesting uh, entry in the series because I know some people say like, "Oh, this is where the series started going downhill," and those people didn't play Judgment. Yeah. I think maybe they give Judgment a pass because it was like a side game. Um, but this is, you know, the next numbered title. And it's the first Gears game proper on the next generation for the Xbox. So it must have been a big deal at the time. So I know in 2016 I wasn't really paying attention. So I'm not sure about the the sort of perception around this game. Maybe you know better than I do. 
I I have no idea because this is when I dropped out of Xbox. I I couldn't afford having an Xbox One, um, so I didn't really pay attention. And the people who were around me that were gamers were only PlayStation. Yeah. So I I have no idea how how this game was received or anything. Personally, I liked it a lot, a whole lot more than I thought I was going to like it. Yeah, it was kind of the same for me. Uh, the Metacritic for this says uh, the Xbox version is at like an 84. So I think people, the perception was pretty positive at the time, and I totally get why. Yeah, like the critics are an 84, and then the user score is a 7. So, yeah, really? the, the, yeah there's always that discrepancy between like the critics and the fans. So I, I always view the truth as like somewhere in the middle between the two of them. You know, like, I, like say, I, like, when a Metacritic for a game is kind of low and then the user score is really high, you know, you can kind of even it out and be like, eh, that's probably where it sits. And with this one, it's probably the same. Maybe. Um, I, I think this is an, an 8, an 8 out of 10, solid 8 out of 10. It's the same as all the other Gears games. I mean, people complained and bitched and moaned about only fighting robots, but that's like, what, two chapters of the game? And yeah. then it's just those locust mutants yeah basically um the robots come back near the end but it's in that bit where it's like the robots and the locust are fighting each other which i thought was kind of yeah. cute and, and i wish that would have went on for a bit longer or if say there was options yeah. to like oh you can like sneak around while they're like dueling each other or join in the conflict yeah. but you know that's just a minor little yeah. thing whenever that happened it would be like here's the locust on the left side here's the robots on the right side you have to go through where they're fighting. So yeah. they didn't let you like join one side and pick both off or no, it's just shoot, <laughs> just shoot. Which is the gears motto. Just shoot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I, I have an idea of why some people like didn't really care for this game, but I think the first one is that it's more gears. And what I mean by that is with the next generation of consoles, the series didn't get like a huge leap forward in terms of like say graphics or gameplay or anything. Cause I can see that like graphically, I think it looks solid, but you know, it just looks like, I it think, just looks like a, like a 4k kind of like, you know, 360 title in some instances, you know, graphically, I, I, I could see a massive improvement in graphics between three and uh this one even though we played the one remake yeah i th i think this one looked a whole lot better than the one remake too to me this game looked beautiful it looked amazing i agree it was it, it had color <laughs> yes one. it did um you could see the 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 thing that always like caught me off guard was that whenever you picked up the chainsaw answer the stock wasn't wood it wasn't metal and it was like wood with like grains and shit and the signs and whatnot so it, it looked pretty good to yeah me. there was some really nice detail in the backgrounds i think that probably some people overlooked but it still kind of has like i think the character models still have that kind of almost plasticky action figure like kind of undertone to them you know but i think that's part of the 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 gears sort of the aesthetic charm. really yeah the charm um but yeah. but we gotta say though control wise this is a massive improvement Somehow oh, yeah. over three, which three controlled really well. But four, yeah. the fact you can actually control yourself while you're doing the roadie run is such an improvement, you know? Because there's a couple it's, parts it's where they... so much better. Because there's a couple parts where it wants you to roadie run, 
but when you do, you kind of have to like actually um, navigate around. Like there's bits where like lightning strikes down, and you have to sort yeah, of the, navigate. The, what, what, what were those called? They were like solar storms. I think flare I, storms. I think so. Like solar storms, flare storms, something like that. Whereas like lightning would shoot down, and then you'd have to navigate your way around the battlefield without getting like shocked, basically. Um, and that's where you would roadie run. And then they they have it to where the shaky cam is gone. There isn't like this weird, awkward camera zoom or anything. The camera stays relatively locked to where the player is. And you can actually guide them much more. So if you hold left, they'll actually turn left and not just like slightly list lazily to the left, you know? Yeah. Damn, he knows some maneuvers. I, I, I am going to say I do like that a lot. I, I like it a whole lot. I would... I I, re- I prefer this over the old roadie run where the camera would shake. Yeah. But not having the camera shaking f- makes it feel a little bit less gears than than the previous one. Like maybe it takes the, the immersion whole away. Shaking, no, no, the the whole shaking is part of the aesthetic. Yeah. I I don't know how to explain it. But it it the game is it's gears. I mean, you'd look at it a mile away and you can tell it's a gears game. You're not going to confuse it for something else. True. But there are a couple of little changes that they did that make it feel a little bit less gears than the previous games. Do you think that's maybe the coalition thinking, Oh, we should try to integrate this into a more sort of like current gaming sphere. Cause think about it at this point, gears is 10 years old and right the impact of the first game has been felt at this point there's been so many gears clones since the first game and in a way it almost feels like the series hasn't kept up with those gears clones so by the time you get to 4 you know it's more of the same which isn't a bad thing at all but i could see why maybe some people would start to like you know fall off but again, that perception could be that it was, you know, released on the Xbox One, which the perception around that console is very negative. Um, though I can say, as somebody who's owned an Xbox One before, I really don't think it's a bad console. Um, but that's just I mean, my opinion. I, I owned an Xbox One for like three months before my ex took it when we broke up. But um, I didn't play anything other than, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Frank's big package, uh, dead racing four. Oh, okay. On it. I was about yeah, to say, is that yeah, some weird indie thing game? I played on my... No, no. It's like dead racing Four, Frank's big package. That's like the only game I played on that Xbox one. And I haven't had an Xbox until I bought the series S and played gears with you on that. Gotcha. So, and, and this is the first time where I've sat down and gone through gears Four because I had started it and stopped like right before the locust show up for the first time because you were like let's cover the entire series and i was like all right so i might as well not finish this game and just wait you can blame me for um, all this listeners yeah i mean it, it's fun it's free content for me <laughs> so and we're almost done <laughs> yeah we're almost done we just got five left i i i gotta say I love Marcus in this game. Oh, Marcus yeah. is back. He is. He. Go for it. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> he, he, I, I love the evolution of his character because it is still the same Marcus, but yeah, he's a little bit older. Um, you can tell the, the war that's been going on between the locusts and, you know, the cog have just really taken its toll on him. 
through losing, you know, his father, his best friend and Dom, and then later on, you know, his, his wife and the mother of his children, Anya, I'm assuming they got married. I don't know. Um, and then the struggle that he's had with his son, JD, with, you know, JD not wanting to join the cog or being like a rebel and Marcus kind of being against that. Um, you, you can see that like, despite him having that big estate, you know, the, the freshly tuned truck, the tomatoes, the whole ordeal, he, my tomatoes, my, my fucking tomatoes. <laughs> yes, which is a great line. That's like the best line in the whole series. Um, but you can tell, even with all of that, he is miserable. Like he is oh, yeah. just not happy at all. And you almost get the sense that he joins his son on this little escapade because he has like nothing else to do, or more, it's that like it's his duty as like his father to help out his son. Yeah, uh, there, there's one thing that I don't think you caught while we were playing, and it's that Marcus didn't want JD to join the coalition. JD joined, and then Marcus tells him, don't leave the coalition because they're going to come after you, and then JD leaves. Okay. And now the coalition is after him. Okay. Um, which uh, now it makes a little bit more sense to you why that lady is so intent on getting him back. Yeah, because I forget, um, like, do they explain why he left the coalition? Was it just that he was it was it I don't they don't explain it, but they kind of inferred that he left because the coalition wasn't helping people. They were just helping their own people. So, you know, that little community where he's living at at the beginning of the game they weren't being helped by the coalition, but there's all this coalition shit lying around that is not being claimed that he's just like, I'm just going to take it because we need it. And the coalition's not doing anything to help. And weren't they getting mad at him for using the coalition stuff? Yeah. Okay. So it, it's like yeah. he, he's mad at the coalition because despite them being the victors in this, you know, in the war, because cause mm-hmm. in this canon universe, the, the war is over. And they're trying to return to some semblance of peace that hap- that happened before um, Emergence Day. Um, you can tell that the coalition are just, you know, just essentially they're trying to harvest everything for themselves so they can survive yep. since resources are very scarce at this point. And yeah, you have all these like little, like little like tribes, I guess, kind of sprinkled throughout that are, you know, just essentially bleeding dry. And when they're, you know, trying to use stuff, the coalition... Or just like, no, you're not allowed to use that because we say so. You know, it's very, it's very like big bad evil type of thing. But it, yeah. it, it's cool how the the series at this point does kind of you know turn about where you were part of the coalition for the first three four games, right? And they did the mm-hmm. whole like, oh, they're supposed to be the good guys because they're defending um, the humans from the locust. Yeah, they're yes, in the quotes, good guys, in quotes, yes. But I think. That's what like most normies would attribute to attribute to it. That like, oh, the coalition yeah. is the defending force against this invading um, power in the Locust, right? So when you get to four, they've won. You know, they've pushed the Locust out for the most part, and then yeah, now they're just kind of like being like, oh, look how you know See, amazing we are, but they're not spreading the wealth, spreading the resources to everybody, which is just causing more conflict. So the- the coalition, the coalition was never the good guy. Uh, I, I think we talked about it last time we talked gears that they were just basically the stronger 
force in the world yes when e-day happened and everybody's like what the fuck do we do in the coalition's like do what i say or you all die yeah because i think because wasn't they were fighting over resources before emergence day anyway yes yeah they were um and the thing is you are somewhat told that throughout the first few games but it's not yelled at in your face like the coalition is not good it, it they're just like you have to survive so you have to work with them and in this game they show you more at the beginning of the game and like all the way halfway up through the game they're like the coalition's not good they're not helping people they're not doing the best for the race you know they're just doing what they want to do for themselves yeah yeah cuz i guess you get the sense that maybe some of these smaller factions would have hoped that like humanity uniting to take on the locust would have helped create some form of peace that could exist yeah. like after the locust saying, Oh, maybe we can all get along, but it's almost attributed to where the coalition just go back to how everything was before, you know, where it's like, they're the dominating mm-hmm. power, you know, eat shit basically. Um, and at the beginning of the game, when you're breaking into that one giant city, it's an, an, an enormous city that's abandoned yes. with robots still doing maintenance on it for no reason. It's very wally. Just to steal, right? <laughs> like th- there's, the city is abandoned. Like you can have all of these survivors just living in there, but you know, for some reason the coalition doesn't want them to, and there's tons of resources in them and you break in to steal resources and the coalition gets pissed because of that. Like, it, this is abandoned. Why the fuck are you mad? Like, this this thought just occurred to me. It almost feels like the coalition and their treatment of these people is a reflection of how the United States treats its, like, homeless. You know? Where it's yes. like, it, it, it yeah. hoards the resources against them, and whenever they're just trying to get by, there's, like, all this, like, disgust around them and trying to, like, push them out or even in some cases, like, murder them, which, you know, we don't talk yeah. about that. But y- you know the what I mean. The coalition is better than the United States Army because they don't put spikes on public benches so that they don't sleep <laughs> on those benches like but the it, government but, does. But instead, they have these robots that patrol these areas. G- could you imagine being, like, a homeless person trying to sleep on a bench and, like, a AI robot shows up, points a gun at you, and says you have to move on, or we're gonna kill you. I, that sounds worse. Or to just me. like picks you up by a leg, crushes it in the motion, and just throws you on a cart to go off to jail. Yeah, it's like it's then, like a bunch of RoboCops you know, or something. Like this just sounds yeah. awful. It does, and their weapons suck, dude. Oh, Those God. weapons were fucking awful. Yeah, God. Though I think the game was kind of. I think it was paced decently well when it came to that stuff where when you start fighting against the robots with, you know, JD, Kate and all them, you just have their weapons to deal with, which aren't very good, but they're good enough to get past the robots, you know? And then when you get to Marcus's estate, you know, and you run into him or that guy, you know, they're always like him or we got to go talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. They do that whole thing. And then, when you meet up with Marcus, he's just like, oh, I just have Lancers everywhere. Just like sprune about his, his estate or everything. Just like all these random ass Lancers. And then <laughs> it's like, it's like his basement, like there's a can of oil and four Lancers just laying around in his basement. Yeah, basically for no reason. <laughs> he's like, oh, I use that chainsaw to pick the, the popcorn out of my teeth. 
Yeah, it's like and gardening tools armor. and a lancer. And also like cog armor that like perfectly fits yep. them all. Like I don't know if the cog Everyone, armor was yeah. ever specially designed to fit the troopers, but you know, there could have been standard sizes, but it fits them yeah. all perfectly to uh, continue on. Yep. But I will say the game really handles getting the lancer and the cog armor very well because it's treated as like this is a big deal. This is a big moment. This is where you become a gear of war, essentially. Because before that, that you're just yep. kind of in like your leather jackets and everything, which is so funny seeing guys like JD or even like Dell, who are these like big beefy kind of gears guys. <laughs> Dell, Dell was the best. We love Dell. We we, we stand Dell in these parts. Great. We stand Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing, but like Jace, still, still like these. Jace from three wishes he was Dell. Yes, one thousand percent. Um, He's the better black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week where we rank all the Gears of War black men. <laughs> There's like two white guys. Two. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Anyway, <laughs> I was saying how like before that, you know, they just have like their leather jackets on and everything. But it's funny seeing these like, you know, big beefy dudes, but like they don't have the cog armor on. So they just look really fake. But when you get to the basement and Marcus is like, oh, here's some cog armor, just throw it on, big boys. You know, they they put it on and and it definitely feels like this is a big moment. Like, oh shit, like now we're we're in it for real. Like we got the cog armor and we got the lancer. So it does take its time sort of building to that moment rather than just giving it to you right away. Which I, I like that. I like that because you have these new characters, you have this new story it makes sense to have a little bit where it feels like its own thing. And then it slowly integrates itself into the series so that by the end of it, it feels like, Oh, okay. We're not just like forcing this in. It just kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I really like the set pieces in this game because they just felt fucking epic. Like when you're, coming out from the underground riding the weights from the elevator all the way up and like locusts are falling and like pieces of metal are falling on fire and then the track starts breaking and bending off to the side that just looked fucking incredible it looked amazing oh yeah some of those like chase sequences where you're riding on the motorcycles mm -hmm. going after the plane the part where you're on where we were on the elevator like riding the cables up with our hands and everything Like the game is very has a huge emphasis on spectacle, mm-hmm. and that spectacle very very cinematic what it wants to be. Oh, absolutely! But it, it like that's definitely an uncharted influence having some more cinematic set pieces. Oh, yeah. But it's handled in a Gears of War way, you know, with all of these like heavy pieces of machinery and all this like you know crazy shit going on. You know, it's not like. It's not like an Indiana Jones style death trap, like in say like Uncharted Two yeah. when you're climbing up the train. You know, this definitely fits. It, it doesn't feel like it's being forced into Gears of War. Like it perfectly fits into the universe with all the like shit the, that's the, going on. The solar storms or flare storms, or whatever the fuck they're called. Every time one of them happened, it kind of happened like at the worst possible moment. Like you were being attacked by something. And a storm happens at the same time, so it's throwing lightning, debris, enemies, everything at you. And and you have to fight through it. it. It's just, it's so fucking cool. Every time you would see, like, the storm fall, forming in the background, and you just 
know that you're going to be in that shit in the next few minutes. It, it's so, so fucking cool. They're called wind flares. I double checked. Wind flares. Wind flares, yes. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it, it definitely, it, it definitely went for the whole, oh, we, this needs to be like a spectacle. Because if you think about oh, yeah. it, when we played the first three games, there wasn't that many action set pieces. There was a couple, but it was mostly yeah. just like, you know, run into an arena, shoot a bunch of people, run into another arena, shoot a bunch yeah. of people. Here they tried to break it up a little bit. And also they tried to break it up with a, a lot more like story and cut scenes. And now, mm-hmm. and th- I think if a game, if this game has a weak point, it would be like in the story and the writing. I don't think it's bad, but it definitely doesn't have the same sort of tone and quality to it that the first three had. That could be because yeah. Cliff Blazinski isn't there. Because um, Cliff has said before that he likes the Modern Gears games done by the Coalition, but he doesn't think they have the same sort of heart that the originals no, do. No, they don't. Yeah, they definitely and, don't. And and after playing four, I can definitely see where he's coming from with that, because one through three had a really good um, like emotional center the whole way through, which was in a sense Dom. Dom was sort of the emotional center of, of the original trilogy, and here, I think they're trying with um, what's her name, Kate. I think they're trying to make her the new emotional center, but I don't think it really has the same sort of impact. Like, I'm not sure why. I don't think Kate's a bad character. I think of the new characters, it's the one they're definitely putting the most focus on when it comes to the characterization, the writing. Like, she's not essentially the centerpiece of this game, but it feels like they're trying to make her as important as JD. And then I think when we go to Gears 5, like, she's on the front cover. Like, she's the main character of yeah. 5, as far as I know. Yeah. There, there is definitely something going on with her. I have no idea what. Because the whole goal of the game is save her mom from the locust. Because mm-hmm. the locusts are back. And they're back because the coalition is shitty at doing their job. Basically. Um, like, they didn't really the, exterminate them all. Like, like I think they... No, no, they did. They did. But they decided to take all of the corpses, and instead of doing burn piles, they just put them in ditches filled with emulsion. And basically, they became goop. Then human bodies started being dropped in the same pits. The humans mixed with the locust goop became new locusts. And now the locusts are kidnapping people to make more of them. It's essentially like the Orakai birthing pits. Basically. And it's all because the coalition was fucking lazy. I mean, that that doesn't sound too out of the ordinary with like like in history. how Government entities. Yeah, or how a lot of... (laughs) times they'll like do like just like dig like mass graves and just like chuck people in there and just put a little dirt on it and move away instead of like, yeah, it's doing like a, the proper... a two foot deep mass grave yeah yeah like it's like some fucked up shit and there's definitely a yeah. bit of that here um and yet yeah what do you think so, what do you think of the new locusts like the new locust designs and i love how a lot of them have lancers which I guess the explanation for that is because they're being based off these like humans. Maybe all these humans had lancers, so the locusts are just kind of so adopting they're, them. They're, a, a large part of the game is like inside this power plant, and there was supposed to be a small platoon of maybe like three dozen people, but it was like almost like two hundred humans in there, all coalition. So those locusts are using those weapons from those people that were stationed there in that 
power base. So that's why they have Lancers. But I, I like the design. I, I like the original Locust design a whole lot more because, you know, lizard person. Uh, but these are like goop lizard human people, and they're great. I, I really like them. Yeah, especially the um, the ones that shot the stuff out of their tails that almost had like the kind of like lizard look with the shells on their back. I didn't like those. You didn't, I like, didn't those? like those? I thought they looked interesting. I didn't. No, I they I like their design. I didn't like fighting them. Yeah, yeah. Because we we need to preface like we I think what we played this what three play sessions right? It was three or four. Yeah, three. And then because yeah. the first one we like got like halfway through the game and we're like, oh, this is a breeze. Right. This is gonna be no problem because it was. I would say overall, this game was considerably easier than the other Gears games. Like considerably, even Judgment because I think we died a lot more in Judgment than we did in this. And I think yeah. one through three can can get brutal at certain points. This one felt, yeah. at least in the first half, like a breeze. But once we got yeah. to, say, that power plant, and then we had to do that one little horde mode section, like, it felt like the difficulty ramped up in, like, what, the second third, like, second half of the game, where we just started, like, getting knocked down and basically killed a lot more than normal. So it almost felt yeah. like the difficulty they, they was lopsided. Have, <clears throat> they also had like these little wretches that were inside pods that if you broke the pod, the wretch would come out. But then they would place these pods throughout the fighting areas like cover. So if you took cover behind them, you could basically spawn one of the wretch by accident. And they they were fucking annoying. They were yes. so annoying. Yes, even if I... They were much more annoying than in the first three games. Yeah, because even if I, say, like, had a Nasher and was just, you know, blowing them away with the shotgun from the hip, there would just be so many of them, and usually when they would come at you, a Locust would also be shooting at you from the back. So you'd be trying to focus on these guys, and the Locust would be just shooting you, so then you'd fall down. And then we'd have to get yep. Dell, usually it was Dell, to come over and, and heal us so we could keep Good going. Good old Dell. Oh, yeah, Dell was very reliable. That That's, that's what Del we've noticed great. with these games, like having... The AI teammate essentially is just our medic while we do the rest of the work, because yeah. it's it's so often like you'll be in one corner doing your thing, I'll be in another corner. So when one of us goes down, it's like oh shit, we have to get all the way over there. We're like halfway there, and then Dell's like oh I got you, and he just does it, you know. And then we have yeah. to be like oh fuck, and then we go back to where we were, and you know it could be a little a little haphazard in, in that regard, but you know we made it out okay. Yeah, Dell was just plain old great. <laughs> the part where Kate is like, "Oh, it's like riding windmills, windmills when you were a little kid." Do you know? Do you remember? He's like, "No, I don't." <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, "I never I, did it, that." It's like it reminded me of this one coworker that I had on my last job. That some sometimes somebody would say something so weird enough to cuff out of the cuff that some white person would do that. He'd just look at them and he's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of like unnecessarily dangerous things people do is, right. is, is white people shit, you know, to, to quote, yeah. to quote the great, like, to quote the great Danny Brown. Cause on his right. podcast, he has a segment called white people shit. And one of them was, they were looking at like bungee jumping and like slack lining and they're just like, yeah, this is like white people shit, you know? Like, we don't need adrenaline rushes. We got adrenaline rushes just walking no. home from school. 
Right. <laughs> like, like, like one of them is like, oh, you remember when you were a little kid and you would jump into the gorilla enclosures? He's like, no, I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> it's like, rest in peace, Harambe. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I grew up in the projects. I didn't need that shit. <laughs> Dell was great, man. I, oh, yeah. I, and like, like the thing is, it's, it's so funny that that group of three friends, they're like really close to each other, but like two of them are very close to Marcus and none of them is his son. <laughs> like, there is one scene that I absolutely fucking died. Marcus is like going off on this rant of I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. You're amazing. You're fantastic. Uh, you're doing everything that you should be doing. And at the end he finishes with Kate. <laughs> I just fucking died. Oh yeah. I remember that. You, you just, oh, you lost. <laughs> <laughs> like he He's hates, like I was talking to he hates, dumbass. He, he hates JD so much. I mean like when he dies, he just comes back to life to tell JD he fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you're Marcus Phoenix and you give birth to essentially a Nathan Drake copy, I get I mm -hmm. I, I could see why you would get upset. Because that is one thing about this game that I don't think really works. Is that how they're trying to force in like a Nathan Drake or, you know, style like, you know, yeah, sassy quips, and shit. quips guy into like Gears of War? It doesn't as like no. as like a side character, maybe, but as like the main character, it just it doesn't it doesn't fit, you know, no. like I don't think JD is no. necessarily a bad character. I think there is some like, you know, there is some more kind of emotional stuff, particularly I think with him and Kate. Cause like they're trying to make the bond that they're like, you know, really close friends. I don't, I don't, so, I don't see anything romantic between them. I don't think it's suggested. I think no. they're just friends, which is perfectly no. fine. But yeah, I, I am going to make the comparison. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't catch that last part. I said, I think JD in some ways feels underwritten. Yeah. He, I, I did kind of feel bad sometimes for him because he was basically just a punching bag. <laughs> Yeah. But then again, you have like this fucking loser um Nathan Drake wannabe dick bag. Yeah. And then you have his father dealing with PTSD. And his father's friends are dealing with severe PTSD. Yeah. To the sure. point where one of them makes a comment of I haven't been able to sleep in months because of the nightmares. Exactly. And, and then JD's just making fun of everything and just being a, a little dickhead. Just being like, hey, what's the um, problem? Finger guns, bang, bang. You know? Right. And it just, right. but like, it's, it's clearly some, somebody, probably not the coalition or maybe somebody at Microsoft was like, hey, like Uncharted's really popular. The Marvel movies are really popular. Like the main character should be this, like, almost like some like Nathan Drake or even like a Star Lord kind of influence with like all the quips and shit. Because that's very popular these days, right. and and they try yeah. and they tried it, and it's just like you you can almost tell they wanted like Kate to be the main character because she gets along with everybody. Like Marcus, yeah. I think has a connection to Kate because they're both dealing with emotional trauma relating to their parents. Right, and I I am I, I do want to make a comparison, but I don't, I don't want to make it yet. I want to touch on something before before I make that comparison. Um, Everybody, if they wanted to be to make a comedic relief character for the game, they already had Dell. 
And it's not that Dallas funny because he's cracking jokes. It's Dallas funny because he's the most normal person there. Yeah. He's just like in this situation and he's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I doing this type of person? He's not like making jokes or, you know, on a vengeance quest or I got to save something. No, he's just there with his friends and, you know, he's he's just a normal dude. He He's that one friend that is like naturally funny. Like he's not necessarily trying to crack jokes. He just like his reactions and sort of his response to everything is just naturally kind of funny. Because it's like all this crazy shit will happen, and he'll be like, "Did we really just do this?" Or like, "I'm not doing that shit." Right? Like, fuck off. Like they're, they're riding like the fucking counterweights to the elevator all the way to the surface of this locust hole, and and he's he's like, "Am I really doing this right now?" Like, yeah. are we really riding on fucking weights right now? <laughs> yeah, like he in a way he kind of keeps you down to earth, you know? Right? With, and, like he he's and, your reality check. That's why I love Dell so much because. His personality is just, I, he's the normal person in this insane situation. Basically. Uh, But the comparison that I wanted to make is that I, we haven't played five yet and I don't know anything about five other than you played a little of it. Yeah. I did like the, uh, the training for it and everything just to kind of see how it controlled and everything. And from what I remember, it's very similar to four. Um, but I'm not sure how far it goes beyond that. I see. So the, be, because I, I only know that Kate has a bigger role in five and it has to do something with the locust because her mo- mother didn't get turned into a locust. She just got kind of assimilated into the locust hive. Yes. Um, I think that the next game and maybe even the sixth one if they ever make a sixth one. Oh, they will is going it's going to kind of be like tales of symphonia where you play as lloyd and he's presented as the main character the entire time but the story is about his best friend the chosen colette colette see i can right. tales a little bit see but yeah, so like, so like, you play Tales of Symphony, and you're like, oh, the main character is Lloyd. It's like, no, the main character is Colette. You're just going along with her in her journey. So maybe that's what they're trying to do with uh, JD and Kate. But you know, we'll find out on five. See, I get the sense that they have JD as the main character for four because oh, he's like the quippy guy. You know, it fits whatever, right? And I think the reception coming out of this game was everyone's like, oh, JD's kind of annoying, but we we like Kate because, you know, the story is essentially about her. It's not really about JD. Even, like, the the Mm -hmm. legacy characters are more concerned with what's going on with Kate, and the ending is tied, like, directly to her and what's going on with with her situation. You know, it's almost like, to bring another RPG reference, like Final Fantasy X, where you're playing as Titus, but the main character is Yuna. And her yeah. and her journey, you know, same with Tales, where it's yeah. like it's about Colette's journey and Lloyd is just kind of along for the ride. You know, did I just really compare Lloyd and Titus? Um, but Lloyd is a better character than Titus. Oh, Titus can go eat shit. By a, I don't hate Titus, but Lloyd is a better character. Anyways, uh, I, man. we're not I have, we're, I have we're, we're not we're not doing this tonight. OK, we're not. OK, so that's what I get the sense with four is that they were having JD be the main character because that's just what they assumed people wanted. 
But then coming out of this, everyone's like, oh, we actually like Kate because she actually is an interesting character with some interesting like writing and stuff going on with her. So I think for Gears 5, they were like, oh, well, we'll pivot. We'll make Kate the main character then. Like, no problem. Because JD's I- in 5. You know, JD, Dell, and all them, they're in 5. But, you know, you look at the main cover of Gears 5, who is direct center, and, and that is Kate. Kate. And I think and with that the, if JD wouldn't have been in this game, it wouldn't have affected the story at all. Yeah, I can see that. Or I think if he was more of the side character and it was about Kate the whole time. I think if he was a side character, he'd be fine. It's just... If JD wasn't related to Marcus, it wouldn't have affected anything. Yeah, like him just kind of hating JD, not necessarily because of like daddy issues, but more of just because oh, he's just this annoying, quippy guy that Kate just likes having around for some reason, whatever. Like, they could have almost flipped it and had, like, Kate be Marcus's daughter. And then they're, like, yep. going after Anya, and then, like, Anya gets infected in, like, the Locust or something. Like, that That actually could have been a, a better That would have been a whole lot better. Yeah, I can't believe I, I fixed the Gears 4 story in, like, two Jesus, seconds. that would have been... A, that would <laughs> Like, I didn't hate the story. It's just that no, like some no. of the characters just... Felt weird. Like it's the a little whole too part generic. at the end of the game. I'm sorry. It's a little too generic overall. Oh yeah. Like even the, the end, whole part, like even the ending was mm. very unsatisfying. It was pretty cool shooting staples at a giant locust. Yes, but it just it just kind of happens. You know, the ending, there's not really a lot yeah. of build up. It happens and then at the end JD just says to like, hey, like, oh, is it done? And she's like, Yeah, and then she starts crying, and then like the the credits roll. You know, I guess if if we want to say spoilers, yeah. spoilers, um, if 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 you care, um, it ends with um, like you're yeah you're going after uh, Kate's mom because the locusts invade like her like the 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 colony essentially where her family live because when you're fleeing from the coalition you go there because like you know the coalition are gonna fuck shit up so you defend that. You defend that town from uh, the coalition, and then while you guys are sleeping, the locusts show up and then just, like, either murder everybody or, like, capture people. And they capture um, Kate's mom, and so you're you're going after her. And then at the very end, when you find her, you realize, oh, she's actually been, like, she's part of the locust hive mind, and she's actually been controlling the locust for a good chunk of this because, like, they've essentially forced her to... Um, control the locusts to go after like Kate and all them because they would know where she's at or something like that. And so, so her mom's like basically like the whole like oh just like you know kill me because you know I'm they're not gonna let me live if you you can't cut me out of this. So Kate has to do the deed and uh and murder her mother. Same as Dom. Yeah, basically. Um, but it's not. But the thing is with Dom, it wasn't built up the same way, you know, because. Well, with Dom, it's like you had like a game and a half to like build up the whole situation with his wife. And he only really had to do the deed because she was already gone anyways. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't have the same effect. I don't know no. if that's really what they were going for. But to me, it just felt like the emotional bit at that in that part just kind of fell flat for me. You know? Yeah. Um, go, going back to JD, like what, one of the things that annoyed me the most about his character is that Baird shows up at the end and Cole show up at the end. 
And Baird is like, you know, every time you had some help with something robotic or electronic or whatever, and you couldn't explain it, that was me doing it. And JD's like, go fuck yourself. And he just gets on his robot and, and leaves. Like, could you fucking say thank you? Like, you were about to get killed by, you know, the fucking coalition lady and some guards, and he ran them over with a tram, and you can't say thank you? Yeah. That that annoyed me about him. Like, like, like it's clear JD Baird is ha- unlikable, mm-hmm. but you don't have to be a fucking dick to him, especially if he saved you. Exactly, and I think with JD, like it's obvious he has daddy issues. It's obvious the sort of the the conflict that sits between him and Marcus. And I think what upsets me about it is that they don't explore it at all. No, you know, it's just that they're just constantly bickering at each other and you can tell there's, you know, some tension there, but nobody ever says to JD or Marcus like, hey, maybe you guys should, you know, try to work this out. Like you two are father and son. You shouldn't be acting like this, you know, like they can like weirdly enough, they get along when they have to work together to kill locusts. Like that's the only time they can like put their differences aside is when they have to chainsaw things, you know, but when it comes to being, you know, emotional men, they, they can't do it, you know, very, very like toxic masculinity type, type stuff going on here. The the farthest we get explained into that whole relationship is you didn't listen to me. And every time you get in trouble, you come find me and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that because he's like, I, I, I told you, don't join the coalition. You join the coalition. I told you, don't leave the coalition, and then you leave it. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah, like I, t- I totally. And understand then he cost that. him his tomatoes. <laughs> That's true, but you know, also Marcus, I think doesn't ever really like sit down with JD and actually explore, like you know, what's going on, like what do you want, you know, like what's the deal here. But to be fair, Marcus doesn't have that emotional center to really do that like he doesn't have he, say like he doesn't. An, he doesn't have like Anya like you know poking him in the back saying hey like you need to actually talk to him and not yell at him you know because that's probably what she would have done Um, so he's just you know acting off pure emotion and then JD as his son is also acting off of pure emotion so and it's just so I, 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 I wish just I wish looked up why uh, JD has issues with Marcus. And apparently after Anya died, Marcus sent JD off to boarding school. Ah, gotcha. That explains everything. That explains why he doesn't listen to Marcus. That does explain a lot, actually. Anything else you got about the game? Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, Oscar. We didn't talk about Oscar. Oh, fucking Oscar. I liked Oscar. You know, he, he shows up at the at the start of it. He's like sort of that rough, you know, gruff kind of dude who's like cracking jokes. But, he, you know, he's a nice guy to get around. And then he gets swallowed up by one of the Snatchers, right? And we're like, oh, no, is he dead? And then I think it's like post credit scene. Like he, uh, yeah. he, he sort of like, you know, knifes his way out. And, you know, he's like, oh, they thought they fucking got me, huh? Well, I'm not dead, you know? Essentially, he essentially looks at the camera and says, "Oh, I'm not dead." Um, oh yeah, um, Cole Baird and uh, Burn come back at the very end, which was pretty neat to see them. Yeah. Um, that final boss battle was interesting because it was like we we got in those like giant mechs, and essentially did Gears of War stuff, but 
in like giant mech suits. Yeah. Which I thought was, was fun. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and that final boss wasn't too difficult. Um, the the gameplay was still your typical cover-based shooter gameplay. They, they didn't really mess with it too much. Like, the controls definitely felt a bit more refined, a bit smoother, you know, with next-gen and everything, at least next-gen at the time. So it definitely feels better than the previous three for further refining the controls. But, but yeah, like, gameplay-wise, it's not a huge leap from the other games. But yeah. as I've said before, I really don't know how you would do like a huge leap forward for Gears in terms of gameplay. Like, I don't know what you could do because I think by the time you get to like the second game, it's pretty like set in stone what it's trying to do and it does it really yeah. well. And it feels like every game after this is just trying to just continually smooth out the edges, fix little things, you know, quality of life improvements essentially. And I, I mean, it's all successful. I think that Gears gameplay-wise cannot be improved upon because making it semi-open world is not the answer. I, I don't fucking want that in my Gears game. I play Gears for, you know, the, the shooting, the combat, the monsters, the gore, and a story about, you know, super uh, testosterone-out dudes with emotions. Yeah. So the way to improve gears is to just smooth it out some more and just focus on the story. Yeah, like I think that's where where it feels like ever since the coalition took over is where gears has uh, struggled with and that's having like consistent writing and um like interesting stories to kind of keep people in cuz I know, like, to the outside, like, the outside perspective, when you talk about Gears, people are like, oh, it's just that, like, you know, dumb action game where you chainsaw things and 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 helicopters and boomers and everything. And it's like, well, yeah, that is definitely what Gears is. But if you sit there and actually play the games, there's more to it than that, you know? Like, yeah. there's a reason we get yeah. attached to the characters. There's a reason we get interested in the story arcs, you know? Like, it's mm -hmm. not Shakespeare, but it doesn't need to be. It's handled really well. And I think Gears 4... You know, there's definitely some attempts in there to try to have some interesting writing and interesting characters, but I just don't think it works as well as the previous games, you know? I feel like they had the the correct pieces they needed, but they didn't put them in the right places. Yeah, and that could be because it's a new writer in there, um, and the same guy also wrote Gears 5, so maybe with the sequel he's able to kind of iron some things out um, but I know with Gears 5 um, it's a polarizing one because either some people say it's like their favorite in the entire series and they love it to death or it's like their worst in the series and they think it's like a piece of trash like I've seen both takes and they're both like pretty strong so it'll be interesting to see when we get to this one the like why people think the way they do like I even watched a video on why somebody didn't really like Gears 4 and really the only thing I got out of it was that because it was essentially like it, it wasn't the same as one through three. Like it didn't have the same sort of feeling for him, I guess. I don't know. It's it's not going to be the same. You don't have the, the original creator working on it. It's yeah. never going to feel the same. I mean, even if the original creator is on it, there's no there's no guarantee that what you know Cliff could do with it would be any good. He could have fucked it up. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, I mean. 
And I'm surprised that, True. as far as I know, um, like Microsoft, when they do a Gears game, they don't just like call up Cliff in his like mansion and say like, "Hey, do you want oh, no, do you want to see if this is okay?" He said a bunch of times that he's told Microsoft, "Hey, if you need me to advise or you know supervise or you know be in a minor role, just making sure that everything's good, let me know." And they've never contacted him. That's that really sucks. Yeah, same thing with with Peter Jackson and that fucking all god awful Rings of Power show. He's like, "Hey, let me just look at the scripts and I'll you know I'll help you out." And you're like, "Cool, we'll let you know." And they never let him know. It's almost. It also reminds me of like George Lucas and the sequel trilogy. You know, the like sequel trilogy is garbage. Like I know, I know some people have negative feelings about George Lucas, and I get that. But I think if he had at least somewhat of a creative role in Star War- in the sequel trilogy, I think it would have been handled better. Like, say what you will yeah. about the prequels. Say what you will. There's a lot of bad things about them. But it tells a mostly consistent story. Like, George had an overall arc that he wanted to tell, and he told it. You know, yep. how Anakin became Darth. That No problem. That's And that's not what happened with the sequel, tri- sequel trilogy, because in the They in had the no idea movie, what they wanted to do. No idea. In the first movie, they 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 put these characters. This is the situation, same as the first, the episode four, and the second one. They waste the entire movie doing absolutely fucking nothing to advance the plot or tie up anything. It's just a waste of a fucking movie. And then in the third one, they try to wrap up everything. Yeah, and they can't. It doesn't fucking work because they wasted a whole movie doing nothing. Yeah, basically. It it had no direction. It had really no idea what it wanted to do. Like yeah. the fir- the first like 7 was a nostalgia grab and it worked. It got all of us. Mm-hmm. And then with last It got me. I still think it's a great movie even though the the, the trilogy is garbage. It 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 was it was a fun movie to watch in the theater, but rewatching it for me, I didn't care for it the second time around. Um, but it was fun to watch as like, you know, in the theater being like, oh, a new Star Wars film. Cause I hadn't, cause I saw two and three in the theater as a kid, but to see one in the theater as adult was a fun experience. And then Last Jedi, which I think could have been a better film. I think it could have been, I mean, I don't want to go into details about it, but I think, cause it's been done to death now, but I think yeah. Last Jedi had all the potential in the world to be a really good movie. And I think it just dropped the ball. Yeah, you know, definitely. and whether or not that was Ryan Johnson's fault, or if that was Kathleen Kennedy's fault, or a combination, I don't know. I'm not going to theorize. And then Rise of Skywalker feels like two movies squished together. You know, like the first half yeah. is like what J.J. Abrams would have done with eight, and they have to like speed through it because we got to get this over with. And then oh, we have to do Rise of Skywalker and uh, uh, Palpatine, blah blah blah. And it was a right. mess. It was an absolute mess, like, a train wreck. And I hope they never do it again. Like in that, in that second movie when Leia should have died in space and they just bring her back for no fucking reason. <laughs> she just like floats and in the then, middle of space. <laughs> and then Kylo Ren talking to Rey, but actually talking at the audience, telling them, let go, let go. This isn't Star Wars anymore. Just let go. You got to be okay with this. Right? Like, yeah, it's. it's I know it's what you were thing. trying to do, but you could have done it without being fucking forceful and heavy handed with the entire thing. Like, Yeah. and 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 at least the Gears games are not that unfocused in the story. 
right. to, to, to rope it At back least. around. Like Gears 4 right. definitely has a story <laughs> that it's... Good transition. Thank you. Gears 4 <laughs> has a story that it's trying to tell, and I think it tells it, for the most part, fine. But it is very... I don't want to say lazy. I don't think it's lazy. I just think it's it, it's kind of failing to see why the first three games really worked the way they did story-wise. You know what I mean? But as I had said before, I wasn't a big fan of Gears 1's story by itself. But then when no, by, I, by itself, like it, it's just it's another kinda, war game. Yeah, but when you put it in context with the whole trilogy, it really worked. You know, setting everything yeah. up. So I'm almost thinking maybe Gears 4 is in that sort of same sort of plane where it's like, eh, I'm just kind of whatever on it. But if we play Gears 5, then maybe it puts everything into context and it, and we come, come out of that going, oh, the Gears 4 story was actually like better than we thought. I don't know. Just an idea. Because um, as I said, like Gears 5 does have a bit of a iffy sort of opinion on it. Some people love yeah. it. Some people hate it. Um, just, just the fact that it has semi-open areas like God of War did, that is... I, I am not a fan of that shit. Like either commit to the open world bit or just make it linear. And I would rather it be linear because open world, there's all, if you hide little lore things and little story moments and shit in the open world, I guarantee you that I'm not going to go through the trouble of finding out everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gears one Do it linear and well, I'll have a better time linear. Well, even the gears games, like they hide little bits of lore throughout, um, the games when yeah. you pick up like the collectibles, and the collectibles, but it's yeah. all, but it's not main story stuff. It's all world building, right. you know, where you get sort of these side stories, and that's I think where you learn that the cog really aren't the nicest people in the world, and all these other things that are going on. It's really handled in that way, and I think that's how like lore or collectibles should be handled, where it's where you get the that sort of world building kind of spread throughout the game rather than say do a, rather a than semi, Dark Souls uh, Dark Soulsy approach to it. Yeah, well, I think Dark Souls just hiding basically the entire plot behind little bits of lore in, that you find items, through yeah. is really annoying, and I don't really care for that at all. Um, like I. People have, compared, I, like, people have compared them all the time. I know Kirby does the same like thing, you find, but it's fucking Kirby, man. That's different. Yeah. Like in Dark Souls, you find like a butter knife and it says, oh, this is the butter knife for Lord Guffles. He used it to spread knife uh, butter over the cheeks of Lady whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And, I love using a knife and like to that's, spread that's, knives. That's how you learned a story in Dark Souls. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going to read this. I'm yeah. not going to go through the trouble of fighting these items so I can learn who the fuck who was. And I, I don't want that. That's that's not what I want in an action shooter game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Gears 5 does. Maybe it, may, it, it could be that it does take some risks and then those risks didn't necessarily work with people one way or the other. Motherfucker. Like, I'm not against the open world, the semi-open world open segment thing. Um because I think there are way too many games that just do the big open world as just like, oh, it's just whatever I does. Just do a big open world and you just kind of figure it out, you know? Some games handle it really well and then some other games don't. And I don't think Gears, that's, of, and Gears of War couldn't work in an open world area. I, I would, that's I would kind I of really fucking despise like it. Cyberpunk because it's a massive open world and you can see everything in the Mac pretty much. 
But everywhere you go, if there's something of interest, you're going to know there's something of interest. And it's really easy to find where you want to go and explore everything and whatnot. You don't have to go to convoluted processes of flip the switch and go around and do this, or you have to kill this gang of people so you can get into this place. And it just does open world very, very, very well, much more so than Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. And not a lot of games do it that way. And that, makes me like not care at all like i i want to get into watchdogs because i loved watchdogs one but watchdogs two and legion are just gated behind these little oh you need this certain upgrade for the phone but we don't know how to give it to you because you have to figure that shit out on yourself on your own like I, i don't care enough to do that right like, if it's not an ability that I can unlock and I have to go through this whole convoluted process to just be able to lift up the gate on a fucking guard shack, then I don't care. Yeah, it's like sort of the more negative aspects of, like, the Assassin's Creed games, you know? Right, where you have to climb every fucking tower and then go do whatever mission you need to do so that you can go into the market without having guards attack you on site. Right. Yeah, yeah, it can be, it, it definitely can be annoying. Um, and thankfully I don't think Gears 5 is trying to do that. Hopefully not. I don't don't think so. I don't think so. Um, cause I mean, I don't mind the whole idea of say like, oh, there are these like big open areas and then there's like these little segments that kind of split off and you go do that sort of linear area and then you complete it and come back. Like, I don't necessarily hate that. It's almost like a Zelda thing. You know, where it's like you have the great Hyrule field and then it's like, oh, go do this dungeon, go do that dungeon, go do this dungeon. Okay, now you can go forward. You know, Gears 5 may I, I have like that it. kind of structure and I wouldn't hate that. I like it when they do that, like God of War did it, where you would go into a cave and there were two diverging paths. One of them continued the story and it was very obvious that that one continued the story and the other one just took you to treasure, but it was basically a circle because it spit you right back out where you came in. When they do that, I like that. But when it's go all the way and find the thing and then walk all the way back, that I, I don't like that at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so hopefully Gears just does a circle and spits you back out at the entrance. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We won't speculate too much on 5 because uh, we'll probably start yeah. playing it. Probably by the time this episode comes out, we've already started playing it. So we'll, we'll kind of go probably, from there. Probably, yeah. 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 And, and I maybe still got Maybe I'll convince this guy to play some tactics with me as well, some Gears tactics. Probably. We could do, probably. We could do a little, maybe a little short bonus episode on it. Yeah. Um, I, I still got one episode to edit. Um, I, sh- I think I'm going to edit it Saturday and just get it out. Um, but yeah, th- this one should be coming out fairly soon. Sounds Hopefully, good. yeah, uh, it, it's definitely going to be after we start. Cause we're probably going to start this what Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesdays. The right, day. So anything else you want to say before we wrap up the episode? Um, well, we could do our final ratings. Oh yeah. Um, I already said mine, which was. An 8 out of 10, and my exact notes were uh, more Gears, only prettier. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember you telling me that. Um, here, let me pull up my games list. I have so many Word documents open right now. Um, I gave I gave Gears <laughs> of War 4. Yeah, I'm doing school stuff. My, my Gears of War 4 rating is also an 8 out of 10. Um, I think 
in some ways, I think this game is overhated because I've seen some people oh, yeah, like definitely. talk crap about four, and I was like, oh, I wonder what they did, and then I played through it with you, and I was just like, yeah, it's kind of it's almost what I expected, you know. Which yeah. I mean, like I, some people don't like that. Some people, I guess, want to be surprised, but but I feel like Gears is one of those series that I think it's sort of. It's like Dragon Quest. Like you buy you buy a game with that title, and you kind of know what you're gonna get, and then you yep. get it, and at the end you're like, "I got what I got, and I'm happy." You know, like not everything needs to be this experimental thing where it takes chances all the time. And I mean, in Gears Four, I think takes chances where it needs to, refines other things where it needs to, but overall sticks with what we know. And to be fair, I don't think it's I, a bad I thing. I think I like. I think I like this game enough that I would play it by myself. Like I would just pop yeah. it in and just go through the campaign by myself. Yeah, I could see that. Um, like go through so. it again to maybe get some more detail in the story that you missed or get a little bit more on the characters or something. Cause I'd be curious to play this again, but like try to pay a little bit more attention to the story than we did the first time. Yeah. Um, but overall I thought, I thought it was a, a pretty solid game. You know, I think, yeah. I know, I know the Xbox One and it's sort of like lack of exclusives was definitely an issue. It's an issue that still kind of sits with the series consoles to this day. But I think Gears 4, like if you had an Xbox and you were a Gears guy back in the day, I'm sure Gears 4, you got it, you played it, and you were happy with it. You know? Yeah. So I would have been. Yeah. I definitely would have been. I would have been too. So. All right. So um, I guess that's it for gears of war shit we almost took the full hour of gears that's that's kind of crazy we stayed on topic i thought we were yeah i thought we were gonna diverge <laughs> a little right. bit we didn't so, get too uh, far that's it for this episode thrack i know you have something that you want to plug go ahead and plug oh. it in now oh sure why not so um by the time y'all are listening to this the first episode may be up of the 3do experience so um i don't know has bill been on the show before I don't think he has. No. Okay. No, but by the time this episode is up, there should be an episode of Super Pod Saga with me, Bill, Aaron, and Tommy talking about the PlayStation. So All you right. can hear Bill then yeah. <laughs> there. So, so so Bill has the gaming and collecting podcast. And mm-hmm. I've great been show. On, and I've been on that show twice. Once about two D Sonic and the other about three D Sonic. Hopefully the three D Sonic episode's up by now. It's three hours long. Um, Holy shit! We hey, there's a lot to talk about with 3D Sonic, okay? And <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I don't think I've told you, but yo. the joke that Alex made about Alex Kid having a stupid name fucking killed me. <laughs> that shit was so funny. I mean, he does have a stupid name and an even stupider design with the ears popping out of his hair. Oh man, that that fucking joke was great. Yeah, she she Ugh. she she does a really good she did a really good job of just throwing little quirk, like quips into there. But she's not in the three D yeah. Sonic episode. She was busy with some other things, so it was just me and Bill. Ah. But um, he had mentioned that he had um, he wanted to do a podcast about the three D O, like you know the system, the company, the whole thing. But um, he was just having a hard time, I guess, getting it going. So I just sort of started poking him, being like, hey, I'll I'll like co-host it with you if you need a co-host. I don't mind sitting here talking about like a random failed console from the 90s that eventually became known for making army men games. Like, sure, why not? And I guess I poked him enough to where we have revived it. 
Um, hopefully by this point, the first episode will be up, which is just, I guess, explaining the sort of general idea of what the podcast is going to be about. I'm not sure how frequent it'll be, maybe once a week, once every two weeks. Um, I'm thinking maybe like once every two or three weeks would probably be better. So we don't like, you know, burn out on topics and even like gives us time to actually like play the games and yeah. get some feedback yeah, on those. Bill, Bill is like Dave Jackson. He pops up on every show constantly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very busy and um, he's been moving as well. So that's been a lot for him. Uh, yeah. So, but we should have the first episode up pretty soon in fact that's why i actually sound a lot a lot crisper because i have this nice higher quality microphone for that so so yeah that should be coming up no no holding the microphone and fidgeting anymore (laughs) yeah no no more books no more books um and then also speaking of dave um in i think a couple months we will have i'll my tales of the backlog episode will be um uploaded with him because we're recording it, I think, at the end of this month. But knowing him, it won't come out till September. I think he just does oh, yeah, it two no. months out. And then hopefully, yeah. and hopefully, so talking about Warrior World, and then hopefully by the end of the year, me and Rick from Pixel Perfect will be talking about Lost Odyssey. So Pixel Project. Pixel Pixel Project, yes. I am. Pixel Project. I just yes. hit disc two of Lost Odyssey, kind of taking my time with it, because he said that's okay. So I'm taking my time. So yeah, I got yeah, a lot he, of... He, Got a lot in the works. He has a lot going on. Okay. I, uh, I I told him, was like, I'm 50 hours into Digimon, and it's 125 hours, and I think I'm going to do all of it. He's like, I will certainly not be doing any of that. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. I got you. Because <laughs> I know. And, uh, I've just been skipping through the text and dialogue and everything, because I'm like, fuck, there's a lot of fucking fluff. I don't want to <laughs> hear about this person's breakfast and the way they drink their coffee. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how I drink coffee. Um, uh, no, because I know exactly. Because yeah, we're doing an episode of Lost Odyssey. Hopefully, that'll be out before the end of the year. Because he wanted to, he wanted to start doing it in September, and then at first I was okay with that. But then when they had that really good showing for Starfield, I was like, bro, I'm I'm probably gonna be playing Starfield in September. So could we like you know move this up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can move it up. So. So that'll get done when it gets done, because I know he yeah. probably has like a bunch of games he's working on right now. I oh, know yeah. I'm working on that. Um, I'll probably start working on some 3DO games at, at, a, at a soon. And I know when we did the Sonic episode, we started like gushing about Sonic Colors. So I went ahead and started playing my copy of it again and just been having <laughs> a good time with it. I'm already like halfway done. So it's a pretty short game. Damn. So, but yeah, that's basically what's going on with me in the in the in the podcast world. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, that's it for this week's games and stuff. Uh, we'll be back at some other time with some other game. Uh, we'll figure it out then. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you for being on, Thrak. You want to say goodbye to everyone? Goodbye. Everyone. Goodbye, everyone.